Welcome back to another episode of the Cody Tucker Show. As always, I'm your host, Cody Tucker. Be sure to like and subscribe. All that good stuff. Um, Got a lot to go over today. Um, Quite a bit going on in the world of uh, entertainment and news. And going to cap things off with three pretty damn interesting stories that I hope you all like. Um... So let's uh, get this some bitch rolling. And a one and a two. So let's see. First on the docket, on the docket today, the shooting of the Penguin series was shut down due to the writer strike today. It seems even more likely that the Batman two will also be delayed due to the strike. Boy oh boy. Great news. <laughs> I look. I hated that Batman movie so much, and uh, you know, I was pretty optimistic about it at first. I thought, like, I actually thought Robert Pattinson was pretty damn good choice for Batman, which I know most people were. You know, really uh, shitting on that one. But I actually happen to think he's a very good actor. But god damn, what a boring fucking movie. And it's crazy, like, the... Like, I was super pumped for this. Um, and And I'll even say, like, the first... Maybe the first third of the movie was really good. The whole kind of David Finchery seven, uh, you know, kind of making the Riddler seem like a kind of fucked up serial killer. I loved it. Like I loved that section, and then boy did it go to shit. Like the whole introducing of the fucking, uh, you know, mafia side, which has always been. Like, one of my least favorite things about Batman is the whole fucking, like, Falcone bullshit. And, god damn, it just dropped off so bad. And, you know, I mean, Colin Farrell's The Penguin's pretty goddamn good. Uh, and Zoe Kravitz, as a, <laughs> as Catwoman, is a... I mean, I thought great, too. Boy, I was... God damn, I was sitting there watching that, squirting all over myself. Just... <laughs> oh boy oh boy but you know that being said i just like when people ask me like you know like if i say i like or dislike a movie it's not just movies movies music tv books whatever the hell it is i have my uh, 
my kind of way of looking at it as far as whether I like something isn't necessarily based on like genre, even though, yeah, like favorite movie genres, probably thriller, suspense and horror, but I still like, there are rom-coms I like, there's Westerns I like, music, same thing, favorite is always going to be like metal, but I still love, you know, Elton John and, you know, ABBA and all kinds of other shit. Uh, like, I'll listen to, there's shit that I can find in any, almost any genre, except maybe fucking country music, because, yeah, not a fan of that. But, I don't necessarily, like, stick to a genre and then hate everything else outside of it. How I decide whether I like something is very, very simple. Is it boring? <laughs> is, is this movie boring? Is this song boring me? Like, am I bored while I'm watching this TV show? If the answer is yes, then I don't like it. If I'm entertained, which that could be through fear, laughing, whatever it is. If something is keeping me entertained and enjoying it in some sort of like emotional level, then I like it. That's it. I don't overthink it. And overcomplicate it and try to like limit it based on, well, fuck, do other people like this? If they do, then I should like it. Or the opposite, like, oh, I just, I don't like it because everybody else likes it. Fuck all that. It is based solely on when I'm watching this or listening to this or reading this. Am I entertained right now? This fucking Batman movie is a big old no. (laughs) I was not at all entertained for the last fucking hour and a half of this movie. Like I was just waiting for it to end. And I mean, it's just, it's a shit movie. Like how they make Batman is so fucking stupid. Like having him and then, you know, having him basically just be like a, district manager of hot topic (laughs) who happens to fight crime but is just so torn about it like fuck off dude like you're rich as shit fucking badass at karate (laughs) you get to bang zoe kravitz like you know life could be worse douchebag and you know and then god damn the fucking music like that song, Something in the Way, from Nirvana. Something in the way. Like, just hearing that. Oh, I mean, there is no more boring song ever recorded than that song. And I happen to be a pretty big Nirvana fan. But it is my least favorite fucking Nirvana song. I mean... Look, so if this writer strike is keeping that shit from coming out, then keep on striking, boys and girls. <laughs> I mean, don't just go after residuals, fucking. You uh, you'll you'll need to start trying to demand a uh, a chunk of the fucking companies. <laughs> like keep this thing going for years. You mean to t- like you're keeping Saturday Night Live fucking uh Stephen Colbert's shit show. Like, you're keeping all that off TV? Fuck yeah. Keep going. And then now this Batman shit might not come out. Hey. 
<laughs> I mean, this is y'all Selma. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It is, I mean, it is funny to see, like, like those late night shows have just gotten so bad. Like, speaking of Stephen Colbert, which I, again, was a huge fan of the Colbert Report. I thought the Colbert Report is one of the greatest shows, like, especially, like, at least comedy shows, like, to ever be on TV. I thought the Colbert Report was fucking incredible. I mean, I'm a pretty big John Stewart fan as well, but, man, I, I would watch the Colbert Report every day. And then now this late night show just sucks a fucking fat one. And, I mean, with the exception of, like, Letterman and Conan, they all kind of suck. Like, I've tried going back and watching Johnny Carson. Holy fuck, it is not good. I mean, I get Johnny Carson's, like, a legend, and, you know, respect that, I guess. But he's just, there's nothing funny about Johnny Carson. Like, yeah, some weird, wild stuff. Like, like oh, yes, today, uh, oh, God. I just, uh, yeah, I never, I've I've tried watching so much of it. I'm like, I don't get it. Maybe just different times, different sense of humor, whatever. But, I mean, I was a, grew up a huge David Letterman fan. Like, I would say that I have, you know, in my head, a certain kind of, like, Mount Rushmore, comedy-wise, of people who, like, I just idolized as a kid growing up. And Letterman... Howard Stern, Norm Macdonald, uh, man, they're my, I mean, I can't think of, those are the, the main three that I was just fascinated by these dudes. Um, Bill Maher actually maybe would probably be up there, but like, but specifically Letterman and Stern, like I wanted to be Howard Stern so bad as a kid, which is probably apparent <laughs> if you've listened to this, I don't know. But, in like, Letterman, just the way... Actually, Craig Ferguson's another one who was really good, too. But, like, just the way Letterman... Like, how fucking quick... Like, goddamn, I, I don't know. It just seems like those shows have gone to shit. And I've tried watching them. Jimmy, I can't get through five minutes of Jimmy Fallon. And the worst one ever... Is finally gone. Fucking James Corden. Holy shit, that show is bad. Like, I was reading... I was reading uh, the other day that that show was costing, like, over $50 million a year to make. Which, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, granted, I'm sure $45 million of that is going to the fucking Cinnabon budget. <laughs> <laughs> that fat pussy. Oh, fuck me. Like, it is... I mean, yeah, and it was losing. So it was costing, like, over 50. I think it was, like, 50 to 60 million a year is how much it was costing to produce it. And the show itself was losing, like, somewhere around $20 million a year. Which, I don't know how they, like, figure that. Like, how a show is losing money. I guess based on, like, viewership and advertising. But, I mean, I don't know a fucking single person that watched that show. I mean, I, I, mean, I guess it is entertaining to, watch, to see fucking Madonna get 
peeled off of whatever, you know, 19-year-old she's banging <laughs> and get plopped in a car for them to fucking sing like a prayer. But, yeah, I don't know. That, I mean, that waxy bitch, there's... I don't know. I mean, thankfully the show's gone. I mean, TV in general, I think, is just kind of on the way out. Like, there's just so many other options that, to me, are just much, much more superior. And especially with podcasting, podcasting becoming just fucking massive. Like, who the hell wants to watch Jimmy Fallon, like, have a three-minute conversation with, you know, fucking Timothy Chalamet? And then have them fucking lip sync songs. <laughs> like, I don't know. Not too interested. So keep up the strike. Fucking demand everything you can get. Alright. Next story. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, holy shit. This is a... Yeah. So, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver is assuming the worst as the league investigates Ja Morant who was suspended from all team activities after he appeared to flash an alleged gun on Instagram Live. Man, this, look, I mean, I'm not necessarily like a pro-gun person. I'm not anti-gun. I, I just, I am terrified of guns. Do not own one. So if you want to break into my house, you have a pretty good chance of, you know, getting what you want. <laughs> um... I, you know, I don't necessarily understand the fascination with it, but I do think, you know, fuck, if you can legally own one, why not? Um, and, and technically what John Morant did, so if you don't know, John Morant was a couple months ago got into some heat for, I believe, flashing a gun at, at a strip club, which, you know... <laughs> You know, when you're when you're out with the boys, you're out with the boys. <laughs> you know, if a gun comes out, a gun comes out. <laughs> That's you know, it's the casualty of war when you're at a strip club. Um, and NBA pretty much was like, "Hey, don't fucking ever do this again." And he, according to like his statement, well, sure, I'll never do this again. I would never make that dumb of a decision again. I respect the NBA. I respect, you know, what it's given me, blah, blah, blah. And now he fucking did it again. <laughs> but what's crazy is that, you know, if you watch the video, the Instagram Live, which fucking, you know, put the phones away, is a, is a great rule of thumb when you're famous. If you are a famous person who's already kind of in hot water, there should be a no cell phone allowed policy <laughs> like when you're around this person. But if you watch it, I mean, he's just sitting in a car, I believe his car, waving a gun around listening to music. Now, is it the smartest thing to do? No. But is it illegal? No. I mean, there's no... He didn't commit a crime, per se, but, you know... If, if the NBA, the league that is giving you millions of dollars, and I think he's losing a fuckload of money from this, but if you're getting millions of dollars and all you have to do is not wave a gun around. If somebody told me, they say, hey, fat ass, if you, uh, 
like we will give you ten million dollars this year if you can go an entire year without smoking a cigarette. I would flush my packs <laughs> down the toilet within a second. Like be like, ah, yeah, cigarettes done. <laughs> I mean, I would change my life. I mean, I'd be fucking, I'd lose, I'd lose a hundred pounds in a year. I would starve myself if it meant that I was going to get 10 million. And I believe he's losing a hell of a lot more than 10 million. So for him to not be able to just stop fucking doing that is wild to me, which granted he does play for the Memphis Grizzlies and waving a gun around is basically how you say hello in Memphis. <laughs> if you've ever been to Memphis, whoo, hey boy, oh boy, is that a fucking terrifying place. Amazing food, but God damn, it is a, it, it is a potential danger zone <laughs> around every corner. So, you know, I don't know, man. It's like, you would think, like, you would think that he would just you know, like, God damn, you got to have better people around you. And also, you know, I, I think it's a, a wee bit overboard myself. Cause I, you know, I find it hard to believe and I'm not trying to make it necessarily a race thing, but I do find it a little hard to believe that if this was, Man, I'm trying to think of a white NBA player who isn't Eastern European. <laughs> the options are limited. Uh, fucking John Stockton. <laughs> Shit, I'll go back to the 80s. If John Stockton was playing in today's NBA and he posted a video of him and the boys, you know, all camoed up for a deer hunt, fucking soaked in deer piss with a nice fucking eight point strapped to the bed of his truck would and you know holding the rifles would he be getting this kind of heat i have a hard time believing that he would now whether that's a race thing of like oh seeing a white person hunting versus seeing a young black man waving a gun around like does it make <laughs> does it make the old white people in charge a wee bit more uncomfortable for one than the other. I I mean, it's hard not to think that has something to do with it. But, irregardless, man. Stop, I mean, you know, it'd be, to me, like, it'd be a hell of a lot different if John Morant was, like, had a dude on his knees behind a 7-Eleven with a gun in his mouth. <laughs> like, fucking Tyler Durden. I, you know, it'd be, like, then... All right, maybe a suspension will do. But, I mean, just waving a gun around being a fucking jackass is not, it's not a crime. But, you know, you live and learn, I guess. All right, let's see. Next topic. All right, so this one has gotten me pretty riled up just in the last, you know, couple days after seeing this and has led to fierce debating amongst my inner circle (laughs) so according to this article 
NFL locker room sandwiches lead to a debate over the perfect PB&J ratio. I myself, boy, I am a massive fan of PB&J sandwiches, if you can't already tell. And according to this article, the perfect ratio is 4 to 5. Well, 5 to 4. 5 parts PB, 4 parts jelly. I find that to be complete communist bullshit. (laughs) I mean, there is no way that that much jelly is the perfect like I put I put so much fucking peanut butter on my PB&J's it's actually pretty disgusting like I end up looking like that little baby from the you know from the meme just eh. <laughs> like I'm fucking caked in peanut butter by the time I'm done eating that some bitch and like my ratio is like 9 to 1 PB to jelly. Like, I'm putting so much peanut butter. Like, there's so much peanut butter in every bite. Like, I can't even separate my fucking jaws anymore. <laughs> like, like halfway through the sandwich, they're basically... My mouth is, like, glued shut. It's like I poured a bunch of fucking Portland cement right down my gullet. And I can't help it. I fucking love peanut butter. Like, I will just eat peanut butter. For no reason. And it's a, you know, I believe a pretty, you know, calorie-filled spread. So, probably shouldn't be doing that. But, yeah, I mean, I like having just a a little fucking swipe. Like, I won't even let the knife touch the bread of the jelly. I just kind of wave it, you know, on top of it and see if some of the jelly mist gets onto the bread. (laughs) Like, I am not... There is no way in hell I'm putting damn near equal parts PB to J. Fuck that. Whoever is whoever is saying that, which, and I looked, I was like, God damn, there's no way that that's like the consensus over the perfect PB and J. Yeah, it pretty much is. Like a five to four ratio is pretty much what comes up anytime you look up what's the perfect PB and J ratio. I... I don't know, man. I'm living in my own bubble, I guess, but oh well. All right, so that'll do it for this section. I have some pretty interesting stories coming up. Um, One involving a rock icon and two just very obscure, weird, weird weird-ass stories from uh, way back in the day. So hopefully you enjoy it. But, uh, well, here we go. All right. So, story one involves arguably one, I mean, one of my favorite musicians of all time, David Bowie. So, David Bowie, just in general, a crazy, uh, you know, rabbit hole, if you care to venture down. And just look at all the wild shit David Bowie was doing back in the day. I mean, from getting caught in bed with Mick Jagger, which allegedly they weren't doing anything suspicious. Find that real hard to believe, especially if you ever watched the Dancing in the Street video. Um, to just the whole Ziggy Stardust thing. Um, 
you know, I've been like the death of him as Ziggy Stardust and then coming back to life as the, um, what is it, like the pale, the thin white Duke, I think is like the era after that. Um, which brings me to this story, which I find fucking bizarre, but also fascinating. So David Bowie, when he was recording the album Station to Station, which one of my favorite Bowie albums, um, it typically is not put into like the caliber of like his, you know, best. I kind of disagree. I think Station to Station is a fucking great album. Um, I mean, usually you're going to see like Aladdin, Sane, Diamond Dogs, uh, Ziggy Stars and Spiders from Mars, Hunky Dory, like those always get put way up high, which rightfully so. But Station to Station, regardless, an amazing album. The recording of the Station to Station album coincided with David Bowie's massive cocaine addiction. I believe he had a pretty big cocaine addiction through, um, well, the recordings of most of his albums, but specifically Station to Station. So during the recording of this album, Bowie is just snorting left and right, like both nostrils fucking clogged to the gills. Like if you ever watch Neil Young's performance in The Last Waltz when there's a giant rock of cocaine uh, sitting under his, uh, in his nostril, that's basically Bowie... 24-7 during the recording of this album. And a little before, a little after. Um, when he's recording this album, he is living off of a diet of well, cocaine, but also milk and peppers. And that's it. <laughs> that is all David Bowie is consuming during the entire recording of this album is cocaine, milk, and and peppers. There is no more disgusting combination on earth. But that's what he was doing. And, you know, that in general, pretty bizarre. Nowhere near as bizarre as uh, the next two things. So, Bowie, also, um, of course, in line with the cocaine addiction, um began to just have weird delusions, weird paranoia, which I've never done cocaine, never will. Uh, do not trust it one bit. And, I mean, I'm already riding on about... I'm always riding on, on a pretty uh, hefty layer of anxiety just throughout the day. If I snorted coke, it would be, holy shit. I, I mean, I would be in the hospital within minutes. So, it's just not on the table for me. But, I do know like what it does to people. And what a massive cocaine addiction does, one of the first big things, it makes people real fucking paranoid and delusional. Well, how that manifested for old Bowie was he believed that his swimming pool had become possessed by a demonic force or a demonic entity and even went as far as to have his swimming pool 
exercised <laughs> of all demons that may be living in said swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's not good. That is for that. Okay. So that being said, gets even worse. So his paranoia and at this time, very odd fascination with the occult also manifested itself in his believing that he was being targeted by a coven of witches and that these witches were out to fuck him up in some way, whether it's kill him, put a curse on him, put a hex on him, cast spells against him, whatever it is. He believed that there was a actual group of witches they were just trying to fuck his life up. And how he believed they were doing it is he believed they were stealing his urine. And <laughs> and apparently using his piss for their spells. And so the way to counteract that was to piss in mason jars and just keep them in his refrigerator. So that these witches could not get to his coveted piss. <laughs> That's real. That is a real story of David Bowie. And I had never heard of that before. I mean, obviously I knew he was a massive cokehead for a long time. But I did not know he thought there was a coven of witches trying to steal his piss. Apparently there was. He claims that he does not remember any of this happening. That he does not remember making the album. He doesn't remember any of it. That he was... Said so Bowie was so fucked up on Coke that he doesn't remember a single minute of this. Which, I mean, was probably for the better. <laughs> I mean, if I was, you know, hoarding my piss in the fridge, I'd probably want to forget it too. But yeah. So there's there's Bowie recording the uh Station to Station album. A wild story. Next, going back in time a wee bit to mid-1700s uh, United Kingdom and a woman named Mary Toft. So Mary Toft was just a real fucking charlatan scumbag. And how she, uh, you know, pulled, one out, pulled the wool over the eyes of the uh, people of England is Mary Toft convinced... Pretty much everyone that she had given birth to live rabbits. Like she. Hold on. Fuck me. Oh, god damn. Manurism. Okay, anyways. No? Sne <laughs> okay. There we go. So. Mary Toft. <laughs> Mary Toft had convinced pretty much everyone that she had given birth to, like I said, live rabbits. Um, and you would think, in our 2023 minds, well, that's complete bullshit. There's no way anyone would believe that a human being was giving birth to any animal, let alone rabbits. Uh, if you thought that to be the case in the mid-1700s, you would be real fucking wrong. Because apparently everyone back then was just real goddamn stupid. 
Uh, so she would like go around breastfeeding this bunny and people were like, God damn, she might've given birth to a rabbit, which really raises a lot of questions. Um, you know, knowing how reproduction works, um, <laughs> you know, you need two to tango. So at some point this bitch was fucking a rabbit. It doesn't seem that anyone ever had that thought cross their mind. It was more just, wow, this is a fucking miracle. Um, you know, praise be to uh, Hosanna. Mary Toft has shit out a rabbit. Um, this got the attention of the King of England at the time, who was a wee bit skeptical that this woman had actually given birth to a rabbit and had a bunch of doctors examine her to find out like what the fuck is going on inside of that birth canal <laughs> like is this you know is this fucking uh snatch capable of producing fucking animals well they go to examine her and I wrote the, I mean, this is fucking wild. So when the doctors go to examine her, she gives birth, a.k.a. shoots out of her vag, a pig bladder, a rabbit's head, cat paws, and the spine of an eel. <laughs> All of those things get pulled out of her, her uh, vagina. Which... Hell of a fucking, you know, bachelor party trick. <laughs> I mean, fuck shooting ping pong balls out of that thing. I mean, if if I was at a bachelor party and some chick shot a fucking pig bladder at me or a cat's head, oh my God, it'd be the fucking greatest day of my life. But anyway, she had these doctors completely convinced. They were like, oh my God, she's can not only give birth to live rabbits, but she was about to give birth to a pig eel cat, uh, a pig eel cat rabbit. <laughs> like, you know, again, people in the mid 1700s, not the smartest group of people in the world. I mean, this had doctors completely convinced. Um, so uh, obviously she was inserting animal parts into her snoot. And just basically had these doctors pulling it out and voila, I'm a miracle. So these doctors say like, holy shit, holy shit, this is real. And then it becomes even bigger news until she finally just admits, yeah, I was lying. <laughs> like I'm tired of putting, you know, animal, <laughs> I'm tired of putting animal parts in my veg. It hurts. Um, the smell is ungodly. So, fine. I'm lying. I'm making it all up. This, I mean, created quite the uproar in mid-1700s uh, UK. And basically, the doctors, and not just those doctors, but the medical community in general, was pushed back about, you know, three or four decades due to the mistrust from the public. So, the entire public of the UK is like, Hey, um, yeah, y'all couldn't tell that this was a fucking scam. You're damn sure not. <laughs> you're not taking my fucking appendix out at any point. 
<laughs> like they were like, we don't fucking trust your ass. Like y'all, y'all couldn't tell that this bitch was just putting a cat's head up her vag, and you're expecting us to let you, you know, perform surgery on us. Which surgery in the mid 1700s was basically just a dude showing up with a bloody apron, saying, "All right, bend over, <laughs> bend over. Time to cut this shit open." Um. So yeah. That's the story of Mary Toft. She ended up going to prison because, you know, you can't do shit like that. But uh, a wild story nonetheless. So, last one. Boy, oh boy. I have never felt more in tune with a human being from history in my entire life. And, you know, I've done all the ancestry bullshit, mapped out my family tree, I don't feel any connection to those people. Uh, I feel a big connection to this son of a bitch. And, well, you'll, you'll find out why. So the guy that I'm talking about, I'm most likely going to be saying the name wrong the entire time. But, oh well. His name, I believe, is Tarar. It is French, so it's probably like Tarar. Um, which, if you've ever tried to learn French, eh, arguably the dumbest language of all time. Sounds great, but every word is basically like six letters, six to ten letters that just make the sound bleh. <laughs> a kid is... Eh, it doesn't make sense. French doesn't make sense. English also doesn't make sense, but, you know... I seem to know it pretty well by now, so I'm just going to stick with this shit. Um, so I'm just going to say Tarar. I believe it's Tarar. Fuck it. If it's not, sorry. Um, Tarar lived from 1772 to 1798 in France. He had some sort of condition, which people really still don't know fully what it was. But Tarar had some condition where he could not stop eating. So Tarar would eat just an insane amount of food and not food. <laughs> um, if you look up any picture, well, obviously not picture, but like drawings of Tarar from like, so backpedal. Tarar eats a shitload, ends up going to like the military gets kicked out of the military because he, like, can't stop eating. He ends up eating, like, you know, boots and trash and all kinds of shit because of the food that they're giving you in the military, obviously not enough for this some bitch. So he gets kicked out of the military. He's basically hopeless. He ends up becoming, like, a sideshow act because he could just eat so much. And if you see any drawings of Tarar, he is just this great big old fat fuck. Not unlike myself. However, Tarar was only 100 pounds. <laughs> uh, he did not look the way he looked on those drawings. Tarar was a skinny, tiny little bastard. Which, I mean, really nothing will piss you off more than seeing a skinny person who can eat just nonstop. And I know a few people who are like this. I mean, if I sniff a salad, I'm gaining 5 pounds. And these fuckers would just sit around eating fucking pizza and cake 24-7. And, yeah, might gain half a pound. 
Anyways, so Terrar becomes a sideshow act and is just eating whatever the fuck people give him. Ends up eating just disgusting shit like live cats, live eels, live snakes. So they would just basically throw live animals at him and he would eat them. Like 100% of these animals down the gullet. Uh, he would eat trash, like just inedible shit. Like, uh, he, yeah. Um, try to think what was some of this shit. I know, like, the animals, like, live animals, eh, fucking wild. But, like, rubber, um, leather, just anything people threw at him down the hatch. Like, he just could not fill full, no matter what. Um,. He ended up getting put into the hospital, obviously. When he was in the hospital, there, I mean, if you've ever been to the hospital, food is dog shit. Now imagine what the food is like in the 1700s in a hospital. So Tarar's like, fuck this. I need something to eat, goddammit. So he sneaks out of his room, finds the hospital's morgue. Tarar goes to the morgue. Gets a body and eats it. <laughs> so Tarar ate an entire human corpse. And yeah, that didn't go over too well. <laughs> so Tarar is now becoming more of a menace than a, you know, celebrated sideshow attraction. This culminates with Tarar. Has not. This is not something that's been a hundred percent proven, but it's pretty likely. Tarar ended up eating a live human baby, <laughs> and that's when the people of France were like, uh, "We've had it." <laughs> like, like, hey, asshole! It was all cute when you were eating live kittens and shit, but you just ate a living human being. Time for you to go. <laughs> and so Tarar ends up, um. Basically getting ran out. Like, people were like, no, fuck all of this. Uh, he gets busted for eating a human being, a live baby. Which, again, they don't have necessarily proof that he ate a live baby. But they're all pretty damn sure that he did. Um, and he ends up just kind of living the rest of his life. Which he did not live very long. But lived the rest of his life uh, pretty much in utter ridicule. Um, ended up, I believe, eating a fork and the fork cut his stomach and he died i believe that's how he died um i do know that when they cut him open because as soon as he died they were like we got to find out what the fuck was going on in this some bitch's stomach like how was this even possible that he could eat so much um and according to like you know the stories when he would eat all this shit his stomach would just grow like and descend distend just massive just a huge fucking pregnant with you know quintuplets belly and you know eventually pass everything and be back to normal uh but whenever they did cut him open and look at his stomach apparently it was just caked in ulcers which if you've ever had a stomach ulcer which i have god damn it is the it could be one of the single worst feelings ever and this dude had him just caked 
across his entire stomach. Uh, coupled with the fact that, for whatever reason, which most likely had to do with the same condition that made it to where he would just eat so much and, you know, not gain weight or ever feel satiated, um, he also apparently smelled like absolute dog shit 24-7. And this is coming from people who lived at a time where human feces was caked on their ass 24-7. <laughs> I mean, there was no Irish spring back in those days. Like, you're, if you ever took a bath, it was, you know, basically at the, you know, the first of the month. And also, you're dumping human shit out the window onto the cobblestone streets. And that's, like, the normal way to take care of your, uh, your doo-doo. And to a group of people who lived in those conditions, they all claimed that Terrar just smelled real fucking bad. <laughs> Which, damn, I mean, he must, it must have been fucking rancid for those people to, you know, say that about him. But, you know, rest in peace, Terrar. We'll miss you. I mean, he very well is my spirit animal. Other than the live animals and live babies. Or dead bodies. Um, but yeah. Incredible stories from uh, history. Hope you enjoyed them. Uh, tune back in next week for another episode. Maybe three more interesting stories. Share with a friend all that good stuff. Well, um, until then. Sayonara. Arrivederci. Goodbye.